0: I'm pulling my driveway, we all know what that means. It's time for drive to work. Okay, so today, I'm gonna to talk all about the Great Designer Search 3. Or, or better yet, what I'm going to do is sort of give some background and explain sort of how it came to be and talk a little bit about it. Um, as of me recording this, we have not quite announced it yet. We're gonna announce it very soon. But I, I want this, I want you guys to hear this My goal is I'm trying to aim in between people entering and the show starting. Uh, I might be a smidgen off, but that's my goal here. Um, So anyway, I want to sort of give some context to what's going on and give a little history. Um, I've had podcasts on The Great Designer Search, so uh, I'll spend a little bit of time doing backup, but uh, I really want to spend more time sort of talking about how the third one came to be. Um, But let let, let me start by a little background, because I always assume that people haven't necessarily... Um, listen to my other podcast. So, let's talk about sort of where it came from and sort of the the reason behind uh, The Great Designer Search. So, it goes back to, I think it's 2006. Um, so what happened was, um, my boss at the time was a man named Randy Bueller. You guys might know him as the, uh, from the Hall of Fame, Magic Pro Tour Hall of Fame. He was a, a pretty famous pro player. He did commentary uh, for a long, long time. Um... Anyway, Randy was my boss at the time. And so one of the things that we often do on uh, the development slash sort of set and play design end end of things is we often will go to the Pro Tour, find players that have the skills we need, and then we will give them a um, six-month... What's the technical term? I keep wanting to call it an internship, not not an internship technically. um, A contract. A contract. Uh, a six month contract gig, um, and the idea is one of the things we're big in R and D is sort of trying people out before we hire them, and that we give people like, okay, well, let's try this out and see how it goes. Um, so Randy comes to me, and Randy says, "Okay, I would like to, to do a six month um, contract position for someone for design, because um, I was, you know, I was the head designer. It's like, you know, we always bring people in for development." Now since then we've shifted over to vision set and play design, but you guys can listen to the podcast on that. Um but anyway, he's like, I want to bring in a designer. Um, you know, I, I have the budget for six months. Um and if they work out, then you know, we could hire this person. Um and he said to me, But like, you know, this is your area, who who do you want? And I said to him, I go, Oh well, here's the problem, here's the thing, here's the, the concern I have is I know that the, on the developmental side that the Protor is a perfect sort of place to search for people, that the skills that you need to sort of test the game and break the game and, you know, all the skills you need to sort of figure out whether or not something is working translate really well to being good at magic, that a lot of uh, our top developers have come from the Pro Tour and have ProTor Tour experience. Um, the problem is... Being good at making the cards is a different animal than sort of field testing the cards, and that um, just being good at magic doesn't inherently make you necessarily good at coming up with what the cards do or the ideas. Um, so I said to him, I "Go! I don't, I don't know where to find this person. You know, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would like to do this. I, I definitely, we need to find more design talent." Um, so he said, "Well, think about it. You know, this is something that he's, he's what well, he was budgeting." So I thought about it, and that night, I believe, uh, my wife and I were watching TV. I don't remember—I'm going to say Project One Way. I think it was Project One Way, but it, it, it could have been one of multiple reality shows. So for those that don't know, the reality shows. My wife and I watched a number of reality shows. There's a whole class of reality shows in which it essentially is a job interview where you are trying to do something, and it—you know— um, You know, uh, Project Runway, you're designing clothes, and Top Model, you're a model, and Top Chef, you're a cook, and Last Comic Standing, you're a comedian, and, you know, there's been a lot of these kind of shows, so the idea is you're good at some skill, and then you're constantly tested on that skill, usually through challenges that are a little offbeat, Um, and then each week a panel of judges judges you, and somebody gets eliminated, Um, and you whittle down until somebody wins. Um, and I was watching this and I was like, oh, this is what I need. I go, my problem is I, I want to find designers, but the only way to do that is to sort of test people's design skill. How do we do that? And I said, oh, well, what if we had like a show, like a reality show where people applied and then, um, I'd give them design challenges, you know, and they could have to come up with weird design challenges and then we have judges. And so I came back, and said to Randy, I go, okay, okay, this is sound a little weird, But what do you think if we do like a reality show to find our designer? And Randy was like, if you want to do it, sure, find with me. So we needed to come up with a name. I remember we went through a whole bunch of different names. um, And I don't remember who came up with The Great Designer Search. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. uh, And they said, what do you think of The Great Designer Search? We had all sorts of names. Uh, I think we were riffing off existing things and... We were trying all sorts of, you know, so you want to be a designer, I don't know, different things like that. Uh, and somebody pitched the great designer search, and I don't know, it just sort of hit us. Like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So GDS for short. So if I refer to it now, I might call it GDS means great designer search. Um, so anyway, I got the thumbs up from, um, from Randy. Uh, and the, the real big question was, I knew if I went out there and I said, hey, who wants to be a designer? I get requests all the time for people who want to be in R&D. It is a really, really common thing that people like sort of ask me about is, H- I want to make magic cards. How do I make magic cards? And I know there's tons and tons of people that go make their own custom magic cards. Uh, I-, I can't look at them, but I know they're there. I write a, a, a yearly column or an annual column called Nuts and Bolts, designed for people who want to make their own cards. Um, I know there's a thriving group out there, and I just wanted to tap into that. Um, but I needed to do it in a way that I was allowed to do because I'm not allowed to look at unsolicited stuff. So, but if I did a contest where I solicited things, I could look at it. Um, and so the big challenge was how, to, how do we find our contestants? Because I couldn't look at endless contestants. And I knew, I knew thousands of people would apply, and they did. So how, how do I narrow that down? Um, so the first idea is that I said, okay, I want to make sure people are committed. That part of doing this job is having a, a real commitment to it. And I want to make sure that people have, have the right ideas. A, a lot of finding a good designer is not just the car design itself, but do they get the general sense of magic? Do they, you know, where is their mind at? Um, and I also, communication is a really important part of being a designer. You have to communicate your ideas to other people, and you have to sell your ideas, and you, people have to understand what you mean. So communication is important. So for so, so the first trial, we decided to do an essay test. And the idea was that there'd be 10 questions. Each question would, would require an answer of 250 to 350 words. So on average, 300 words. So that's about 3,000 words of writing. Now, it, it did a couple things for us. One, it showed you were serious. You, you don't just write 3,000 words unless you, know, you're, you mean it. Two, it allowed us to get a glimpse of what they thought about things, and so we can ask questions and try to get a sense of, of their mindset. What do they think of design? How do they see it? Uh, And third, it allowed us to sort of get a sense of their communication skills of, can they convey what they mean, you know? um, And the important thing about the essay question really was, do they they have thought out ideas? The goal of finding designers is not finding people that just mimic what we say. It's finding designers that have their own ideas. You know, one of the great things about, about the great design research and the successes we've had, I'll we'll get to that in a second, is we found people that really come and have their own stamp on, on Magic Design. Um, you know, I take someone like Ken Nagel. Ken Nagel makes cards that nobody but Ken Nagel would make. And that's, that's what we need. We need somebody who's going to make something that's not going to repeat what we would have made, but make something we wouldn't have made. That's the most value. So, anyway, we did the essay test, um, the, or sorry, the, the trial. I'm I'm calling them trials to separate them from the challenges. Um, okay, but but still, a lot of people were willing to write in, and a lot of people had good ideas. So we needed a way to get from the large number of people to a smaller number of people. Because um, design tests are really, really hard to grade, and you can't grade infinite number of them. Um, so what we did is we came up with the idea of doing a multiple-choice test. And that was very... Um, that was very of all the trials we have. We have three normally. That's the controversial one because it, it's something in which we're taking something that's very subjective and making it very objective. Like here's a test in which hey, there's an answer and one of them is the correct answer. And if you think well, I know people think B, but I think A. Well, you get it wrong, you know. And that the essay test and the design test give a lot more flexibility for sort of having your own take on things, but. I need to get from a lot of people down to not so many people. And we need to do it in a way that's easily, you know, gradable. And so we need to do a multiple choice test. Um, the first one we did was 35 questions. Um, as you will see, we, over time, have uh, added more questions. Um, and then what we did is we, we, we looked at the amounts of people who got different questions right. And we had a general sense of about how many we could grade for the design test. We took that cutoff. So we never know what the cutoff is when people take the test. Um, I will point out, by the way, in the two tests we've done so far, the first one had 35 questions, the second one had 50 questions. Uh, One person, a guy named Max McCall, who actually worked for Wizards for a while, is the only perfect score in the history of the Great Designer Search. Um, The tests are are usually hard um, because we're we're trying to, you know, check things. Um, The idea of the test was that there are a lot of objective things you need to know to be a designer. You need to understand the color pie and... um, the color philosophies and sort of how things are made and what's what rarity and you know we, we had to there's just some things that look you need to understand these basic principles so a lot of that we put on the test um, and then the third trial was a design test for, so for the first one it was make make a number of cards and there were constraints make these cards under these constraints the idea of that test is I want to give enough flexibility that people can come up with some really cool ideas that they've had um, but enough restriction that they're going to be forced to design some new cards off the spot. And the idea essentially is some cards will be completely what they made. Some cards will be adapted from things they've made. Some cards will be brand new made for the spot. And I want to test all three of those skills. Those are all actually really important design skills. Um, and so I want to make a design test that sort of lets them show off all all of that. All of that. Um, and then what happens is once they turn the design test in... We then go back and look at everything again with a fine-tooth comb. So we look at the design tests, We look at the essays. We see how they did on the test and what questions they missed on the test. Um, not all questions are equal. Um, I mean, they're equal for getting so many passes. You, But when we look back and see what you've missed, anyway, it's, it's very illuminating to get a sense of the person. Um, so anyway, we did the first grid-down search. We had our trials. So the first one, we ended up picking 16 people to be in... The, um, the challenge uh, one person dropped out right at the end right before it was about to start so we ended up doing 15 um, and then what we did is there was five weeks of challenges so everybody did the first challenge then we eliminated three people then three people then three people then two people then two people that's right no it was three three two 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 so we ended up with three at the end of the last challenge there were three people remaining who was Alexis Jansen Ken Nagel and Graham Hopkins um, and then we flew the final three out to Wizards. We had a live challenge. Uh, we were able to sit down and chat with them. Um, so, and then we picked the winner there. So for those who don't know their history, Alexis Jansen won the first down Search. Ken Nagel came in second. Graham Hopkins came in third. Um, we offered both Alexis and Ken uh, six months in R&D and design. Uh, Graham ended up getting an, uh, a contract position in digital. Uh, and two other people uh, Mark Lobus, who had tied for fourth got a job just outright actually the funny story I think I tell the story um, when we were gonna fly them out it was cheaper to buy tickets for the top five than it was to wait till we knew who the top three were so we ended up having tickets for uh, Ryan and Mark um, and Ryan was in school so it didn't make sense to fly him out but uh I mean Ryan was willing to leave school to take the to take the internship that he got it but um, we didn't want to sort of take him away from school prematurely. Uh, but we Mark, we flew out because he seemed like an interesting candidate. We ended up hiring him. Uh, he got hired in digital originally, but now he works in R&D as a pro, uh, in, as a product, project architect. Um, so what happened was... Um, and then uh, there's a guy named Noah Weil, who we ended up giving uh, a contract uh, development internship or contract... Uh, I keep wanting to say internship. I wasn't talking about internship. Uh, contract position. And... Um, now, Noah, I think, really had a, I mean, I think he was interested in seeing what R&D was like. Noah really wanted to become a lawyer, by the way. He, he ended up going to law school and is now a lawyer and on to wonderful things. Um, so I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Noah's long-term job was to really be at Wizards. I think he was more interested to get a sense of it. He had always played Magic and loved Magic. Um, so he did not stay. But uh, uh, Alexis and Ken and Graham and Mark are still at Wizards. All four of them are still at Wizards. Um, and uh, like I said um, Alexis led the design for Dragon's Maze uh, Mark Lobos led the design for I think Magic 2014 um, Ken's led all bunch of designs he led Worldwake he led New Phyrexia he led um, Born of the Gods he led Eldritch Moon he and I co did Ix- Ix- uh, I keep on uh, Ixalan I was going to say Ixadron that's the wrong that's the uh that's the guy who uh, that's the character from Onslaught. Um, anyway um, and Graham has not actually led a design team but he's very very active on the, in the digital side and um, he has been on many design teams and I love having Graham on design teams um, anyway so that went well we got a bunch of people like I said four of them um, you know five came four of them ended up long term staying at Wizards um, and all was well So flash forward four years, I believe, I think it was 2010, we decide, okay, um, we're looking for, at the time we were, we were looking for a slightly different skill set than we were for for the first one, which was we were looking for what we call vision. Um, The first one was a little bit more about raw card design. The second one was more about sort of vision, which is, coming up with worlds coming up with sort of larger sense of what what's going to happen we, we needed more people with that skill so we changed up how we did the second one so the second grade designer search um was we had the audience I'm not sorry we had the contestants build a world so we did the same thing we had an S, we had the trial of essays we had the trial of multiple choice went up to 50 questions from 35 um and then we had um the third trial was involved you building a world and then making some cards that went within that world Um, so there still was a card design aspect to it but we really made them build a world which was a big part of it Um, and we had a wiki and then people could submit cards so it was a very different system and we did something where we wanted other people to get involved um, but really what we were trying to do is test uh, sort of vision and part of what we were testing was can you take other people's ideas and use them so not all the designs came from themselves, that they also f- got other people to work with that came up with good designs. Um, and that test ran similarly. Now, the, the, so there's a bunch of differences between GDS-1 and GDS-2. So GDS-1, um, we had 15 contestants. We were knocking out multiple contestants a week. We had five challenges, but they were run week back to back to back, um, which is kind of crazy when I think about it now. Um, it was five consecutive weeks. So when we did the great second grade designer search, we're like, okay, okay. That was a little much. Um, my running joke for each time I had done the great designer search is, I'll do the next one once I forget how much work the last one was. Um, so what happened was that um, we decided to not do 15. That was a lot of people. So we've cut down to eight. Top eight, big thing in magic. It felt like the right number. Um, and we... Uh, we decided instead of making it every week, we'd make it every other week um, for two reasons. Eh, sorry. Um, one was that it was a lot to ask of the, of, of the um, contestants and we felt like we needed to give them some downtime. that making them work five consecutive weekends back to back to back to back was just grueling. So we thought, okay, okay, let's, give them, let's make it every other week to give them a week off. And we needed more time to put it together. So a little behind the scenes thought for you guys. The way it works is we have a number of judges, and then for each test, uh, the people turn it in, and then each judge at the same time, because we're trying to go quickly, judges all the cards. So, let's say, for example, we do a challenge where we make them design 10 cards. Let's say there's eight of them. So that means every judge has to grade 80 cards, has to take each card from the eight different people, and then grade each card. And then what happens is each person writes their review, and then they send it to me. And then my job is to then mold them all together. And what I mean by that is I want it to read conversational. I want it to read as if the judges are talking to each other. So let's say, for example, one of the judges says something and then I say the same thing. I will change my answer to go, I agree with Judge A. This is a problem. So I I will say what I have to say, but I will put it in the context of me agreeing with what comes before me or me adding on to something someone else said so that it, it is... Um, It gets the sense that there's more connection. One of the things that we're trying to do is the great designer search has proven to be a really good tool to find designers, but it's also been a very educational experience. If you love magic, especially if you love magic design, you know, there's no greater way to really get into the nitty-gritty of magic design than watching people actually design and watching real people judging them and giving them feedback, because... That is actual magic design. You make cards, people give you feedback on them, and you, uh, you adapt to the feedback. That, that is what we do. So um, if you really are interested in how magic design clicks and works, the other thing you'll find interesting is the judges don't always agree. Sometimes one judge likes something the other judge doesn't like. You know, it's not as if there's just universal appeal to everything. Um, the other thing you'll find is there are a lot of rules that come out. If people break the rules, we're like, oh, well, you did something we don't do. And then we'll explain why they, you know, why they shouldn't, should or shouldn't do that. Um, and the thing that's been really cool, uh, of watching both these previous, uh, GDSs for the audience is some of the ideas that have been made later went on to be, become things. Prowess showed up in the second great designer search. Um, there's a card, uh, if you, the card, um, uh, Better than one from unstable. Uh, Alexis Jansen made it in the first grade designer search. Um, I think we changed colors, but she designed the card. Um, there's just a lot of cool things um, that that get created, and some of it, like um, uh, Ethan made evolve that that became a simic mechanic in return or in, in uh, Gate Crash. Um, uh, Sean Main made Battalion that ended up becoming a mechanic also in Gate Crash. Um, Crash okay, was at, right after GDS, so we, I was able to u- use it herself. Um, so anyway, uh, oh, let me talk a little bit about the judging. Um, so the way the judging works is we were modeling ourselves after the way they do them on the shows, which is we want to have judges give you feedback. The first time we did it, um, I ended up getting three judges, three human judges, um, which was I got Aaron Forsyth and Devin Lowe. Um, they were, I think Devin was at the time was the head developer and Aaron was my protege at the time uh, working on design. Um, I knew both of them could write. Uh, and then uh, we had GleeMax, which was, I think I've mentioned this before. I, I wrote Gleamax. Um So I, I wrote myself as well. The point of GleeMax was I was trying to get a Simon Cowell kind of like really cuts the point, you know, not sentimental sort of judge. But I didn't want any human to have to do that because it, So I decided Gleemax is the alien brain that runs R&D. We decided that that might be uh, we could use that as a means. So Gleemax always gave really short, really to the point, bluntly to the point advice. Um, And anyway, um, oh the funny story is so the very first week um, we do judging, and Devin is a Devin's a sweet guy, so he was just being real supportive in his. His comments and a lot of people. So uh, at the time, um, American Idol was a big thing, and the the judges at the time. Simon Cowell was, you know, the harsh judge, and um, Randy Jackson was sort of, I don't know, he was the fun one. And then Paula, Paula Abdul was known as the nice one, and so all these people made jokes about about him after the first week that he was the Paula Abdul because he was so nice, and. The next week, he decided, like, oh, I'm not so nice. And then, on week two, he just got really harsh in his, his criticism. Like, somebody um, had made a mechanic called Fragile. Uh, and the way Fragile worked is any damage you took would kill you. And so his response to that is, yeah, there's already a mechanic in the game. Uh, fragile's already a mechanic in the game. We call it one toughness. <laughs> so I remember going to, I go, whoa, whoa, Devin, Devin, you gotta... I like nice Devin. Can you, can you please be nice, Devin? So he then got a little nicer, so... Uh, Um, but anyway, so that was it. So the second, the second, um, great designer search, the judges were me and Ken Nagel. And then we did, we, we brought in guest judges. The reason we did that was there's a lot of people I wanted to involve. And so the only way to do that was I I just, everybody couldn't judge if I just had, I couldn't have 20 judges. So what we did is. We'd have me and Ken, and then we would have one to two guest judges that would come in. Um, and it allowed us, for example, to bring back people who were in the first great designer search and stuff like that. Uh, I know Alexis and Ken, well, Ken was one of the regular judges, but Alexis and I think Graham and I think Globus, a, a bunch of the people from GDS1 came and did um, did stints as guest judges. I thought it was really cool. So anyway, um, oh, the other thing about the second great designer search was... Um, there's this thing at Hasbro called the In- Inny Awards, which stands for innovation, I believe, um, that just looks for innovative things, cool things that people do. And so, the Great Designer Search 2 won the Innovation Award, won the INI Award. Now, we joked at the time that it's kind of funny that the second one won the Innovation Award. It's like we did it again, and that, that's innovation. Um, I think what happened, though, was I don't think the INI Awards existed when we first did the first Great Designer Search. So, the first Great Designer Search that existed within the context of us, of there being Innovation Awards, won. Um, I, I still have that at my desk. Wow, oh, there's a lot of traffic today. How are we doing on time? Let's see. Oh, this might be a long podcast. I should pace myself. Um, okay, so those were the first two um, great designer searches. Um, oh, so the second great designer search, uh, the top three were a guy named Ethan Fleischer, who came in first, Sean Maine who came in second, and Scott Van Essen, who came in third. Um... So what happened was, Ethan won it. He got, award, he got a contract at six months in design. Sean ended up getting uh, a different contract uh, gig in R&D, but not in design. Uh, and Scott, at the time, we, uh, we passed. Although, Duel Masters would later come back and hire Scott. Scott now actually works in R&D. Um, so all three of the top... All three of the first three uh, came to work in Magic. All three of the second three came to work at, at, at Wizards in Magic. Um... I guess I guess Alexis and Graham in the first one are in digital. It's still magic, but. Um, so anyway, also John Lauchs, who was, I think, came in fifth in the second grade designer search. He also came and worked for R&D for a while. Um, a few of the people I named, Sean and um, Noah and um, John, went on to do other things, aren't currently at Wizards. But of, of the nine people I named, six of them, are uh, still at Wizards. So that's impressive. Um, Ethan and Scott from the second one are still at Wizards. Um, and Sean Sean was here recently, Sean less recently. Um, but anyway, uh, very successful. So people might say, okay, so you did the last one, I think we did in 2006. <coughs> Is that right? 2006, 2000. No, no, sorry. The first one's 2006. The last one was 2010. But still, there was a four-year gap between the first one and the second one. What, how, what, th- there's a seven-year gap. What happened? Or six-year gap. The, 2010 is when we started. 2011 is when it finished and they got hired, I believe. Because um, it takes a while to run. For those who don't know, the, the GDS... Um, so uh, on December 4th, uh, we announced that we were doing the, the third-grade designer search. People could put their name in. And then on January 16th, Um, Anybody who had turned their name... Oh, let me talk about this real quickly. So one of the restrictions, um, if I could wave my... If I had a magic wand to wave, um, I would love to just hire the best magic designer in the world. Uh, The problem is because of sort of labor laws and things, um, I'm only able to hire somebody who can work in the building that I can hire them in. Meaning... We need the person in Renton with us so we can see them to gauge. There's no value. Long long distance doesn't work. We're too collaborative that you really need to be in the thick of things. Um, And that means in order to try somebody out in a temporary uh, capacity, we need them to be able to work in the U.S. It is basically impossible to get a visa for somebody for temporary work. It's just... in order to prove you need a visa, you have to prove that they have a skill that you need, and there's a lot of things you need to do It just the other thing by the way, is we budget we budget for a certain um, time period, and that even if somehow we could get a visa, which is near impossible to do, the time frame it would take to get it, we wouldn't have the person in the period where we have the money to pay them so it, it just doesn't work so There are a bunch of rules to be in the great designer search and like i said i they're they're rules out of necessity not out of desire um so one rule is you have to be able to work in america in 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 the us in in renton um number two is you have to speak english fluently just because you have to communicate with all of us it's a collaborative thing uh number three is gotta be 18. um you can't be a minor um and there's a bunch of other smaller rules those are the major rules. i mean you have to be willing to relocate if you get the job and stuff. Um, so anyway, we um, did the first grade designer search, got, I don't remember, 1,600 applicants or something like that. We did the second grade designer search and it was like eighteen or 1,900. I have no idea what's going to happen this time. Um, you know, th- the fact that we've done it twice and it's been successful and people can literally see, like, hey, Ethan Fleischer, who just worked on the la- la- set, he. He won the second Great Designer Search, and he's a major player, you know, that you can sort of see. Um, and well, one of the cool things, by the way, about the Great Designer Search, one of the things that I really, really liked that I, I didn't realize how much I would like, but once it happened, I, I, I was, there's not a lot of opportunity where we kind of reach out to the public. That want, Like I said, the number one request I get is I want to work in R&D. There's not often where I'm like, hey, you out there, there is a chance you could work in R&D. Um, And that the great designer search really has ended up being this sort of... um, Even for people that don't participate in it, just to be able to watch and root for people. And you get to see someone who's just just a fan, right? You know, when this whole process started, Alexis and Ken and Graham and Mark and Ethan and Scott and Sean and John and Noah, they were fans. They were all fans. They weren't necessarily somebody, you know... um, I think Noah might have been on the Pro Tour, but, but with few exceptions, they weren't names that we knew, um, you know, they, they were, they were brand new faces that we hadn't seen before and that, these are people, you know, that this is sort of a system by which we get people that are just, we, like, I love getting new blood in, I love getting people with fresh perspective, it's a chance to get people who, like, who know magic but we don't know them and that's a really cool thing and the public has really, really embraced the great designer search, um... For example, back when we used to have threads, uh, articles used to have bu- 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 bulletin board threads on our site. We don't do that. haven't done that in a while. Um, the longest thread in the history of Magic's website was the bulletin board thread to the first great designer search. Um, and you know, one of the things is whenever we put up the great designer searches, a lot of people read them. They're very popular. and. You know, the whole audience gets really into it. And and in fact, you'll see articles of people talking about who they like and what person they're rooting for. And it really becomes this really magic community thing, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, And the fact that it's something that everybody gets to participate in. It's very public. Like most of our employment stuff is not very public. And this is super public. Um, So I love the the sort of um, the approach to it and the publicness of it. Um, Okay. Why did it take so long? Why, why did it take six to seven years before we did the second one, or third one? Um, okay, well, a couple things. So I, I need to go behind the scenes a little bit for this one. So here's, here's one of the biggest reasons, which is something that... It's kind of the harsh reality of business, which is the, the prize for winning um, the Great Designer Search is you get a six-month contract um, opportunity. Um, but really, the point of that is... That we want to try you out, and if you if you work out, if you really are a great fit, we want to hire you. We want to convert you into full time, like all of these people I'm naming. We converted them into full time, you know. Um, and so, one of the things that's important is I don't want to do a great designer search if, in the end, the business realities keep me from having the potential to hire somebody. And so, one of the issues has been, and I, I can't get into all the details of it, but suffice to say. Um, I needed to wait for an opportunity where I could have the opportunity. I I could, if the person works out in their six-month contract position, that we have the the ability to hire them. That's not always the case. Um, There's many people who come in for contract work that there's no expectation, or there's no even chance that maybe they'll convert. And this is something where, hey, look, we're bringing them in. I I want the the opportunity. And once again. Winning this doesn't mean that you necessarily get to convert. On some level, you know, we, we joke that you win one contest to start the next contest. You know, like, like, you have to prove yourself on a different level. You have to sort of prove yourself in the job as opposed to outside the job. And there are, there's overlap, but there's some differences there. Um, but anyway, the biggest reason that I took so long to run it was I needed to have the opportunity um, from a business perspective that I could hire the person if, if they, they work out. Um, The other thing is that one of the problems with success uh, is that everybody gets really excited to sort of make it bigger and better. Um, So we actually, we had tried to start the third-grade designer search a couple years ago, um, but part of what happened was because we got a lot of people involved and a lot of people were really excited, really, really excited. This is something, like, a lot of the people I know who work on on social media, for example, one of the things that they said they were really excited to do was they were excited to do a great designer search. They had been on the outside and watched us do it, and it was such an exciting thing that they wanted to help be part of that on the inside. Um, And so what happened was there were a lot of really grandiose ideas, I mean, wonderful, awesome ideas um, that would have add extra elements and extra layers and do extra cool things. Um, But the problem is when you make something larger, when you do new things to it, it just adds a lot more complications. And so the problem we ran into was this desire to do lots of cool new things sort of was slowing us down because, you know, new things require people and time and budget. Uh, They require technology sometimes. And... Something that seemed like, oh, we just could do this thing, when you actually kind of got in down, down in the in the weeds of it, was hard to do. And so um, we ended up realizing that if we wanted to do this, that we kind of had old school to a certain extent. That um, th- there's, we're making a little bit of use of new technology, mostly on our end, stuff that you, you might not notice. But, um, but we're not quite being as flashy about it, not being as showy about it, because... Um, it just was slowing us down, and you know we really, really could use some new designers. It's been a while. Um, I, I like getting the fresh blood in. I like having the new perspective, and that magic could use that. That's something that's really valuable, and so finally I said, okay, look, maybe, the, maybe we do the fourth-grade designer search and are able to do grandiose things, but I, I just can't wait years and years and years. Let's just, we'll just do it the way we've done it before. So the third-grade designer search, like I said, we'll have a few, there'll be a few changes. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but mostly it's going to be as you know it if you watch the previous ones. Um, Now, one of the big things is we did some different stuff for two, like this is going to be a hybrid of one and two. Um, So let me explain how three is going to function. Number one, we are a little bit more interested in the skill that we were looking at for the first grade designer search than the skill we were looking at for the second grade designer search. So the difference between the two is the first grade designer search was five completely unrelated challenges. And the second great on of search were five very much connected related challenges we're going back to the earlier one our five challenges will be disconnected challenges they will not overlap uh, I have, um, they could overlap but they're not inherently going to overlap they're going to be five distinct challenges um, and the skill that we real te- that we are testing is more what I call blue sky design, which is just make, I mean, we'll give them constraints and things, because obviously part of designing magic is designing to constraints, but a lot of it is like, make cool cards. I'm going to give you opportunities to make cool cards and wow me with sort of your card designing skill and your mechanic designing skill, and I want you to sort of show what you can do. Um, The second, like I said, the second one was more about cultivating and more about building something that you keep working on. That was cool. And that's something we do at Wizards, but we're going to shy away from that. Um, we are, though, going to adopt the time frame of the second one. There's going to be eight people in the finals, and there's going to be five challenges each two weeks apart. Um, the, the, the first grade designer search was just a little too crazy for everybody. So, so this is going to be like the first grade designer search in kind of the skill set we're looking for and the type of challenges we're doing, but be like the second grade designer search in more the time frame and how we work it out. That it'll be eight eight people, five challenges, one person out each time, down to three people that we fly out to Wizards. Um, now, let me talk about some some of the differences. Um, the trials are basically the same, and I think by the time you listen to this, most of the trials will be over, if not all the trials will be over. Um, once again, we're doing an essay trial, we're doing a multiple choice trial, we're doing a design trial. Um, the essay, the essay test, or you know, it, it's new. They're new questions, although the first question is the same. I always ask the same first question, which is like an introduce yourself sort of question. Uh, the first one is the same. Other than that, nine new questions. Um, multiple choice, we went up. Uh, I don't want to commit to a number because we're still stress testing it as we speak, um, but more, um, and at least from this point in time, significantly more. Um, we decided. That, so one of the things we did with the, with the multiple choice test was we decided we wanted to ask more questions to do two things. One is it allows people to miss more questions if we ask more. So it allowed us to sort of get a wider breadth of the, what the people could do. And, um, the first great designer search, Devin and I did all the questions. The second one I mostly did by myself with a little bit of help from other people. The third one, uh, we asked for a lot of help. A lot of different R and people turned in questions. We got a lot more variety of the kinds of things we asked. It's a little more, um, this one has a little more breadth of questions. I mean, it leans toward the design side. I I, I wrote the majority of the questions, but um, it has a lot of elements brought in from other sections. So um, this is the one design test that, I, I mean, I, I think I did take most of the questions. The problem is I saw them before I took the test. So um, I think I would do pretty well, but I might not get hundred um, percent because some of these questions ask areas that are not my expertise, although having done this for a long time, I probably should do again them. Um, so anyway, we have a longer multiple-choice test, and then um, the design test is more akin to the first design test rather than the second design test, uh, you know, g one design. Um, as far as the judges, we've decided to sort of meld things together. Um, like the first great designer search, we're going to fundamentally have four judges. Um, um, but uh, but uh, the um, we're going to have four judges, and they're going to be... Uh, one second um, we're going to have four judges and they're going to be the, the first one one of them was Mex. so this time it's going to be three locked in judges and then one rotating guest judge um, so I'm going to be there um, sort of overseeing vision design uh, Eric Lauer who oversees um, uh, set design will be a judge and Melissa Melissa uh, Totora who is one of the play, play test designers so vision design, set design, and play design will all be covered. Um, And then we're going to bring in we're going to rotate again like we did on the second one. I really like having a a guest judge so that we can let different people sort of be there. Sometimes when we do things in which there are different skills we're playing up. um, When I say one judge, by the way, I reserve the right that it might be two guest judges, depending on what the thing is. I might bring specialists in if we're doing a particular thing. Um, Okay. Uh, The other big difference will be um well i i don't want i guess i don't want to ruin all the surprise um the the we are trying we're trying to uh, hand in a few new things sort of our presentation um i mean a lot if you like the previous great designer searches these are gonna be modeled after them um the way it will work is and i don't know whether it's going to come up on a thursday or friday but at the end of the week uh every other week we'll have an article um, the article will show um, and it might be broken into two parts as we're still working this out but first you will see the previous challenge you will see all the stuff they did you'll see the judging from it um, and the judges will go over everything they did and give comments and then gets overall comments and then we will eliminate somebody and then we will give the next test so the way the design tips are gonna work, or the challenges sorry, are gonna work is, I think we give them um, 72 hours to, to do their work. Um, uh, What'll happen, by the way, for, the, for this behind the scenes is, I will be talking with all the contestants behind the scenes. Um, I will let them know when they get let go, what the next test is. They, they will know stuff before you guys all see it. They'll know ahead of time. They're not gonna find out they get kicked off the show um, because they read it online. We. We accidentally did that once in the first Great Designer Search. I sent everybody an uh, email, but it bounced or something. Anyway, I will make sure not. I don't want that to happen again. Um, but we will make sure that people know. Um, and the cool thing is that uh, you know, I like I said, the reason I wanted to film this when I did is I want you guys to watch the show. I want you guys to see the Great Designer Search. Um, it is a really cool experience. It is something that is like I'm saying. If well if you enjoy making magic cards there is no no single thing we do with more content more educational content to designing cards these are actual working working R&;D folks giving real tactical advice and this this year because we have all three sections represented you're going to get advice on you know I will give I will give comments on on the vision end of things is this a strong idea does it support itself can you build around it you know does it what kind of um, design weight does it carry with it? What, you know, what, what individual cards can dictate what happens in the rest of the design. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, Eric's going to be talking a lot about sort of, look, we have to make cards and they have to sort of make sense and they have to fit in the larger thing. And there has to be a balance, not just to within that set, but within the larger ecosystem. Um, and Melissa's going to talk about, okay, we want to make sure things don't break. We want to make sure that things are fun and playable and, You've made choices maybe that don't allow us to make the funnest card, that don't let us push it in a way we can. You've maybe not, you've taken away knobs or you've you've built things in such a way that maybe it's hard for them to do what they need to do. Or maybe you did something right and she says, oh, this thing is excellent. The fact you've done this makes it an easier card for us to be able to push and construct it. Um, We will have feedback from all the judges to get a real good sense of that. Um, And like I said, I will rotate in guest judges so you will also get some more tactical feedback depending on what the challenges are. Um, I'm trying to think of any other, uh, what, what, how are we doing on time here? Um, wow, a lot of traffic today. Um, this is one of those ones where, like, really, I meant to talk for half an hour, and I'm going to talk for an hour. So, I will see if I can, uh, fill in the time. I, I'm still, I'm still probably 15 minutes from Wizard. So, uh, Let me talk a little bit. I'm going to shift gears a little bit um, and talk about some of the qualities. Um, I'm going to talk about um, past past, um, people and sort of how my my relationship to the people who have become staples on Magic and how I first got to know them. So let's go back to GDS1. So Alexis and Jansen and Graham and Mark... um, are the four that uh, still work in Wizards. Um, so Graham and uh, Alexis work on the digital side. Um, Mark and Ken work on work in R and D. Um, so the interesting story about this is, um, I'll start with Ken. So Ken, I had the, I gave him the design test and I told them I gave them a I think I gave them a day to turn it in. Um, and Ken turned his design test in the first minute it could be turned in. There was like 24 hours to turn it in. And he turned it in at like 12.01 or something. Like you can turn it in at midnight and he turned it in at midnight. But but they had 24 hours to turn it in. So Ken was like, I want to show you that I can do this. And he made this bold sort of grandstanding move. And I remember when I came into work that day, he, I came in that morning and looked at my email to see what had been turned in, um, or it wasn't my email, but the, the email, um, we had set up an email for this, and um, he was the only person, he was the only design in, and and I don't know, there were, I don't remember the exact number, hundreds of people that were taking the design test, and um, I was like, wow, that is ballsy. Like, he turned it in when he was allowed to turn it in, the, the, not a, not a minute later the earliest possible moment. Uh, And I said, either this guy is good or he's, you know, he's just, and I remember like looking at his designs and going, oh, he's good. Like, you know, and I was impressed. Uh, And he took a big risk. Ken is a big risk taker and that was a big risk because that could have flopped that could have flown in his face. I could have said, you know, hey, here's someone who doesn't care to spend the time to get it right or something. Um, I liked what he did. I sort of liked, I, I, I liked his bold move. Um, and one of the things that Ken did the whole time that I really appreciated was it was clear that Ken had an opinion that was not my opinion that was Ken's opinion and he would make bold statements even in his essay he made bold statements now he backed them up, he defended them he had thoughtful ideas to say but they were bold, brash statements Um, Alexis really impressed me because it was clear that Alexis was a student uh, of my writing, of magic design, that she really understand the nuance of it. And um, the reason that she won, I think, is she, her, the nuance of her designs are so strong. You know, like the fact that she made a card that I'm making the third unset like, in, in, it, it was just a perfect card. You know, it was well-designed. Th- like I said, I think I changed the colors, but other than that, Um, and me changing colors was more about the needs I had of the set I was making not that the color she gave me couldn't have worked Um, like I think she made it red green and I made it green white Um, but anyway Um, but Alexis really the the thing that I, I, I really grabbed me right away was that there was so much attention to detail and so much that I often talk about how magic is a craft and Alexis was like a student of the craft, had clearly, clearly spent time and energy understanding it and working on it, and that really impressed me. Um, Graham. Graham, the thing that I loved about Graham was his designs had a sort of a lyrical quality to it, that he really cared about the aesthetics and that he did, like Ken, he really made cards that weren't the cards I would make. Like, Alexis was the person who was the most similar to the way I designed. Um and not that she didn't make stuff that was uniquely her own but it was stuff that i i could see elements of how i would design it in it both Ken and graham were doing their own thing uh and graham really had this appreciation of aesthetics that i loved and just sort of made cards that felt right um they're the kind of cards sometimes that seemed like by the numbers they shouldn't work um th- there's this thing I, I don't know if this is really true but there's this thing that's about how you know they tried to figure out how to bumblebee fly and the the air Knight people couldn't figure it out. I'm sure they could. But um, he had a little of that, that that, what I call, bumblebee quality, where you can't quite, it works, but you can't quite understand why it works. Uh, and I, 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 like I said, Graham is always fun to work with. He always sort of pushes you in fun and interesting directions. Um, and then Globus. Globus was somebody who really, um, he was somebody, he obviously came from a very technical background, and he really had this, this technical sort of way he observed things and broke things down. I mean, it's no surprise that he became our project architect. Like he sort of took the skill that I always admired and sort of built an entire job around that skill of sort of understanding how things click together and how they work. Um, And he was always super, super technical in his design. You know, he was super Melvin in in, in what he did. Um, You know, he he didn't necessarily—Ken and Graham were a little more Vorthosian in their designs. but I really appreciated that Mark was just super technical and really had appreciation for the, the element of the design itself. Um, and, like I said, I think he was the, Mel- the Melviniest of, our, of, of, uh, of the four that, that still work at Wizards, of, of GDS 1. Um, let's talk to GDS 2. So the two still work at Wizards, Ethan and um, Scott. So Ethan, Ethan was hired for his vision skills, that was the skill we tested. Uh, And he has them in spades. Ethan really, he is really good at sort of looking and seeing things and coming up with really grandiose ideas. Um, um, Like one of the things that is, is fun working with Ethan is he really can see beyond. Like one of the big skills you need in design is you can't see where things are. You need to see where things will be. And that's something that I, I, I like watching with Ethan. Um, it's a skill that I'm pretty good at, but it's something who we were testing and, and Ethan is good at that. He can sort of see where things are supposed to be, even if they're not there yet, even if you haven't done them yet. Um, and and it, it's, it's, that's an important skill to have from a design sense. Um, and Ethan is always fun. He's, Ethan loves doing research. You know, whatever you're doing, Ethan will go read books about it. You know, he, will, he will try to get in the mindset of whatever the thing we're trying to do. You know, if we're doing Greek mythology, he's reading all about Greek mythology. If we're doing cosmic horror, he's reading novels that are cosmic horror novels. You know, if we're—whatever we're doing, whatever kind of thing we're doing. You're like, um, when he was on Dominaria with me, he went and read all the books on Dominaria. He, he became an expert on Dominaria. Um, it's how he functions that he got, does the research and becomes an expert in the field that he needs to understand. And it's a real commitment to the craft that I, I really appreciate. Um, so Scott Van Essen was in both the first grade designer search and the second one. A little trivia there. Um, he did better, obviously, than the second one, making the, fi- the final three and would eventually lead to getting a job. Um, the thing that I always appreciate about Scott is Scott is very adventuresome in his designs, that he he does not worry about constraints and that he will really push boundaries and try new things. And his hit rate, I mean, Scott's hit rate is, is lower than some, but that's because he pushes far farther than most. And that one of the things that I really, really appreciate with Scott is Scott will just try things that nobody else would try. And that, yeah, sometimes they fail miserably, but sometimes they succeed beyond your, your dreams. And that he really is a designer that pushes and stretches. Um, you know, interestingly, I've actually had a chance to work with, with Scott on not just magic design, and I really love watching the way his brain his brain ticks. He's a really neat designer. Um, his background was he was an engineer, uh, and so you can kind of see in the way he approaches game design he's very um, uh, he, he, he's system-oriented, and that's, it's very neat to see. Um, it's, it's, it's a very cool sort of approach to design, and I, I really like it. Um, uh, real quickly, uh, the, the three that aren't still wizards... Um, Sean, I love Sean's ability to, Sean Maine. to, um, he was a great problem solver. That if you said to him, if you sort of gave him the, the target to aim for, he would find answers that you would never think to find. And that, the, the, the skill set that he was so good at was he was really good. Like, the world he built, the reason that he went so far in the Great Design Search 2 was he built a world that I didn't think was sustainable. Like, he built a world that I don't know if we could actually build. It had a lot of inherent flaws in it. But he kept finding such interesting ways to do it. Like, you know, I still, when the, when the dust settles, I don't think we could make his world. But I believe that he, he was so bold and so innovative in how he sort of built in his world that I'm like, wow, I can't wait to put him in a world that isn't fundamentally flawed. He's going to shine. And he did. Sean was excellent. Sean led a whole bunch of sets. Um, he led Magic Origins. He led um, both Conspiracies. He and I co-led Kaladesh together. Um, Really super inventive. Um, Then we have John Lauchs. Um, So John and Noah are the two that I worked the least with. John did digital, and Noah was doing development where I was not very involved with it. Um, Both of them... John Laux had a very imaginative mind uh, and, and was very creative, and he really was someone who committed to trying to find... to making... The, the best vision of something come to be the reality. Um, and Noah, Noah was, I mean, maybe you, you get the sense of why he went into law, but he really sort of examined systems in a really interesting way, and I loved how he approached things, and he really sort of tried to figure out why things didn't did not work and how they could work. Um, like I said, I did not, neither John nor Noah did I work particularly close with just in the nature of what they had, um, but both of them were also super, super... Like all nine of the people that we got out of the Great Designer Search, um, were really talented people. In fact, one of the cool things about about everybody in the Great Design like it, it's a hard system to get through, but there's so many talented people, and there were talented people that we didn't end up even hiring that I know have went on to have careers in the game industry elsewhere that have have shined. So um, one of the neatest things about the Great Designer Search is it's been this awesome tool to find to find people out there in the world that show signs of of doing game design and bringing them in. So I am excited for the Third Great Designer Search. Like I said, I'm not 100% sure where we are right now in the process. I think we're in between people entering and us starting it. I think it's where we are. Um, We might have already started, but we haven't finished yet because I know it takes a long time to to do it. Um, So I'm excited. If you haven't watched the Great Designer Search 3, if it hasn't started yet, watch it when it starts. If it has started yet, hey, go watch it, go read it. Um, It really is informative and be a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm excited to see who we get. Who are the new people? Who do we find? Who, who, who's the winner of the Great Designer Search 3? I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. And, and I, I'm recording this at a time where I know nothing. I, we haven't even announced it exists yet. So clearly, I don't know who the possible people are. At the time you're hearing this, we probably have our, our finalists if the show hasn't already started. So um, there's some cool people. I know there'll be cool people. Every time we've done this, has been cool people. Uh, and I, I don't even know how many people are going to try out this time. Like I said, uh, each time we've broken the record for the most people to apply to something within Hasbro. Um, so we'll see how we do this time. But anyway, I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Please pay attention to watch it. I know we're going to spend a lot of time and energy on it. We're going to have some, some really good insight and give a lot of judging. Uh, and you'll get a chance to sort of see Magic's reality show. It's one of the cool things about this. Not often you, what you love gets to be a reality show, and we get to do that here. So anyway... Uh, I had extra traffic today, so you guys got an extra long podcast, but I hope it was fun and enjoyable. But anyway, I am now finally at work. So we all know what that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time.